bringing to you. Every time we turn live, and you know it's the truth. Every after show, move it down. This the time to move around. Uh, no gimmicks, podcast is going down. Every night, every time in the ring. This is the time for the no gimmicks. No, we doing our thing. What's your state of mind? State of mind. Moving down a statement when we take the line. This is exactly wrestling the state design. When you see Stone Cold like me, with the stunner in the world, exactly, man, what we bring. Every night we move like Brock Lesnar, the F5, no gimmicks. We take you to your limit, what's the feeling? Uh, when we live in the air, you know we on, it's the time. Guarantee we move, you know how we respond. The state is mine, the state design when we feel it. Moving down, what's the feeling? Yo, 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 what is up, people? Welcome back to the no gimmicks podcast here on the dfpn we got a good show for y'all tonight uh myself i am your host mr bread like a king made us kelvin Kately, along with have you changed your name yet <laughs> what, what is this deja vu man i mean i was just listening just listening to last week's podcast which is available right now on spotify by the way so go check that yep. one out it's our halloween havoc 96 review and you asked me the same question last week, and once again, <laughs> good sir, it is a work in progress, brother. So we are right, not there right. yet, so this week, once again, in public, if it is a fabulous Frankie D in the house. All right, all right. So we got the fabulous Frankie D in the house. We got a good show tonight. Uh, before we get into that, if you are listening to the sound of our voices and you are not watching us live Patreon.com slash DFPN is where you need to go to get in tune with the show. Also, subscribe to the Bandcamp, datfillin.bandcamp.com. Um, shout out to MRK Socks, uh, Mark Socks. He dropped a um, EP with some absolute legends called Long Story Longer this past week. So we did a review on that one in the uh, Patreon. So make sure y'all go check that out. Make sure you go check that album out. Shout out to Mark Sox, shout out to Obi Trice, shout out to uh, Corrupt from the Dog Pound. Uh, they all came together and they made that record happen. So salute to you guys. Very much a dope album. Make sure you guys go check that out. Um, yeah, man. We are back <laughs> for a new show. And some shit happened that, that we absolutely got to talk we absolutely got to talk about it. So let's get into the show. First thing on the docket, we have the NWA and the CW. They had a deal. What happened? So what happened was the NWA did a pay-per-view called, I think, Sam Hain or something like that. Or Sammy and the... Sawin. Sawin? Okay. Yeah. Whatever you want to call it. Yeah, it's spelled weird, but that's how you yeah. say it. Okay. I know they, they, did, they did the same thing in Halloween too and they couldn't pronounce it damn either. <laughs> so, whatever. Sawin, Sam Hain, Samian, whatever. So, <laughs> they did a pay-per-view. And yes. they brought back one of my favorite characters, the Sinister Minister James Mitchell. And you know, James Mitchell is uh, part of a rock band. He's a front he's a frontman for a rock band. I don't know yep. if you do that or not. Okay. So, you know, the camera's on the announcers, and you actually sent me this, Matt. Yes. Like, like you sent me this. So, they got the camera on the announcers, and for the announcers, the camera goes back to the party up there. The girls are wearing masks and shit. The masks kind of look like James Mitchell's face. I'm like, yep. 
this is interesting. This is this is different. I like this. This is cool. <laughs> and then something happened that took me out of it. So they are partying. Everybody's having a good old time. And then all of a sudden, somebody starts laying out some white powdery substance. And for the podcast, uh, we're going to keep it family friendly. I'm just going to say he laid out a white substance on the table. Yep. And then they proceeded to uh, um, inject this. Uh, or ingest, I should say, this white powdery substance through their nasal cavities and the rest is history. So, what ends up happening is is they are on a uh, preliminary, having preliminary talks with the CW network about bringing the NWA to the CW. The CW got wind of this angle and they are not picking up the show. And if they do pick up the NWA, it will be on their app and not on the network. Yep. Now, you're probably saying, well, who decided that this was a good idea to do an angle like this? Um, it had to be one of the wrestlers, right? <laughs> it, it, it had to be. No. This angle, an idea was a brainchild of NWA owner Billy Corgan. That's right, people. Billy Corgan approved this it was his idea to do this yep now this may have cost him an eight-figure tv deal with the cw but the story doesn't end with the nwa because it was just announced yesterday that wwe have come to an agreement with cw to pick up nxt so nxt october 2024 nxt moves from the USA Network and will go to the CW. Yep. I have never seen anything like this ever in this business where someone was responsible for the demise of a fucking TV deal. (laughs) And it was the owner of the company. Yes, that's the shit. (laughs) Now, you and I, Black, were talking before we started recording. And I said, you know, at the time... I was like, this is stupid. Then I thought about it for a minute. And I'm like, you know, professional wrestling, sports entertainment, whatever you want to call it, you know, it's not taken very seriously. It's not taken as seriously as, say, the the NFL or, or Major League Baseball or the NBA. Right, right. It's, it's episodic television. Right. That happens to be physical. So I can see where they could say, okay, this ain't your daddy's NWA. This is something different, okay? Because if they have this white powdery substance out there that, you know, they're ingesting, <laughs> all right? It's no different than when Stone Cold Steve Austin would be on WWF TV with the beer, okay? Correct. It's, Correct. It's, I mean, you have beer, and alcohol kills more people than this white powdery substance does because, you know, you go on the road, you drink, you know, whatever. You Things happen. So I can look at it from that point of view of, wait a minute, now, this is just wrestling. But then you have to understand that the CW is offering you guys this eight-figure deal because they are expecting advertising returns for this eight-figure deal. Right. They, They obviously, to give you a deal like that, they must have saw the show and liked what they saw as far as the NWA product overall. Correct. So... How you could fumble this? I don't understand this. It it's needs like to even, be studied. 
even in the original ECW, when they were doing all kind of crazy shit. Yep. This never happened. It may happen at in all. the locker room. At all. Never happened in the locker room. It may, it may have happened in the locker room backstage, but it never happened on TV. WCW nope. never did this. Nope. The WWF never did this. The only thing you saw like that was like, Pillman has a gun. Which is, that was risky. That was risky. <laughs> and it got a lot of heat from the USA that was, Network. That was peak TV, though. Right. But it was yeah, ri- yeah. it was risky as hell. They yeah. almost got canceled behind they that sure, shit. They sure did. So, we've never seen this before. And I, and I listened to Billy Corgan on the Kurt Angle show. And I thought he came off as a very smart businessman who who understands the business and understands so and i'm not taking that from me i'm pretty sure he is this was just this was just a bad idea that should never have happened no it shouldn't have when when i saw it i was like who made this decision because this was and i knew about the deal too i was like this is dumb this is flat out dumb why would you even on a yeah, even on the pay per view, because <laughs> yeah. it it came out on it came out on Twitter, right? Like they, you know how they do the footage, and NWA put the footage out. So I was like, I was flabbergasted, bro, when I saw it. I was like, Listen, What are you doing? People what can are we doing? Fault, they can fault Tony Khan all they want to, and say whatever you want to about him. He ain't never did no shit like this. No, no, like that was that was crazy. <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah, and when I saw it, I was I was like, "Are they really? Are, is that really what they're doing on a pay per view? Yeah. Even yeah. on a pay per view, because you know yeah. only only certain amount of eyes are going to go to it. But still, on a pay per view, knowing you have a huge deal coming down the pipeline, I'm trying to be as safe as possible. Kill that angle. <laughs> I would have been like, "Cut the camera, cut the camera. What are we doing? Don't even go over there." They're just, setting it up. Don't go over there. Just wasn't even needed, man. No, it wasn't, and it didn't. It didn't help anything. No, what I mean, how many tickets is that going to sell? Right, and people can look. People can can say whatever they want to about. I, I like him. I always liked him. You know, I interviewed the guy a couple of times, and he was always cool to me. People can say whatever the hell they want to about Vince Russo. Russo never even did no stupid shit like this. No, no, that ain't even in his wheelhouse. No, I mean he did. I mean they did that stupid abortion angle with you know Terry Runnels back in the day, but he never pulled no dumb shit like this. Like this, this was stupid, and I cannot wait to hear what Jim Cornette has to say about this. <laughs> yeah, this was this is absolutely this was wild. Dumb. This was this wild. Was this was and this it was paved stupid. the way. The 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 crazy shit about it is that not only that it happened and it killed their deal, it paved the way for the WWE to make a deal. That that was that was that's the story. It was like And it's WWE's a minor show. Right. Their their developmental show was able to swoop right in. Right. And 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 they have and WWE has previously done um they've previously been on the CW with SmackDown years yep. ago. So they have, they already have a relationship. Right, exactly. Yep. So they got they already have a relationship there, and I just this is bad. I mean, you know, this is kind of where you kind of look at it like, damn, what if TNA would have that that deal? Right. You know what I mean? Right. And who knows? You probably killed it for for TNA. <laughs> no, because Indirectly. they got. Well, no, because they got they went to the WWE. 
It's like, well, it's like, yeah, well, gonna, you know, you got, let's, let's not look what they're doing on this show over here. Let's not deal with this amateur hour. Okay. Let's just go with the king of sports entertainment and let's see what they have. Oh, the NXT program. Oh, we like this program. Yeah, this we good. do. We, we, we Actually, NXT up. may be the best WWE product right now. If it, I, I've been saying this for a couple of months and I'm starting to grow more confident in the fact that they may actually have the best product right now. The Trick Williams, Carmelo Hayes angle, phenomenal. So here's a question though. What is the penetration for the CW network here in the United States? I don't know. I I haven't been following the CW for years. Because there's going to be that that could be a problem. That could um, be a problem. And I know that they're trying to what they're doing right now. And this is the reason why they picked the NWA up to begin with is because they're trying to move towards a more sports oriented um, network. Um, so that's why they got picked up to begin with. So if the CW doesn't have as much penetration as, say, um, the, the USA Network, that could affect the viewership for NXT. It could, but here's where here's where the merger comes into place. Because they now can add a UFC product on top of WWE television. And if CW is trying to go to a more sports-centric product, then you can add, say, a UFC countdown show, right? Or something something small that will get sports fans or combat sports fans' eyes on that product. Oh, I understand that. I'm, I'm, I'm that but see, here's the thing. That has nothing to do with that. What I'm, what I'm getting at is, is that you can add as many UFC shows as you want to on the, on the network. If the network doesn't come across many households as a USA network, oh, yeah. It, yeah. it doesn't yeah. matter. That, yeah, that yeah. doesn't matter. You have a that was a there. problem. They, that was a problem they had back in uh, in the nineties with yeah. uh, WCW. The WWF did so. Anytime the WWF would would go to um, a hotel, mm-hmm. well, Turner had a package deal with a lot of hotels in the country that they would carry TNT and TBS. The right. USA Network wasn't on those, so WWF wrestlers or, or you know Jim Ross, whoever they couldn't even watch Raw. Because it, no, none of the hotels would carry it. So mm. that's another reason why they were kind of losing the ratings wars because Turner had more penetration in the United States than the USA Network did at the time. Oh, okay. So it could be the same situation here where th- their viewership is going to drop because if a lot of people... Here's, here's, the, here's the thing. A lot of people have cut the cord, number one. Number mm. two, a lot of people... A lot of networks probably don't... Or I should say a lot of uh, stations probably don't carry the CW. So we're going to see where it goes. It's pretty much what they have with uh, access. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to, we're going to see where, where, where this goes. If the fans are going to follow NXT to the new home of the CW. I, I would, I would be inclined to think yes on this one because they do have, they have a pretty hardcore following. So I would say they they will, but we're not wanting the hardcore following. We want the we we want the casuals to watch the show. This is true, but NXT they have that core audience of theirs, and they are loyal as fuck. Oh, I understand that. I I get that, but if I'm a businessman, I don't care about the hardcore loyal audience. I yeah, want you want to grow audience that's gonna buy shit. 
Yeah. The, the average. I mean, that's the whole reason why. And we, I don't think we, we, you know, I don't know if we mentioned this on the last show or not. I don't think we did. The whole thing was SmackDown and Fox. How they basically, Fox says they pretty much overpaid for SmackDown. It did not get back any of the return. He says, yeah. basically, basically, what they said was pretty much the wrestling fans are cheap. They don't want to spend any money. Yeah, they did. That was resounding. Yeah. In their, in their, not wanting to deal with them again, and it's like, I, and I and I think I've said on this on the show that remember, the WWE promised Fox that they would be getting the threes and fours as far as television ratings, and they never came close to that. So while people say, "Oh, you know, the bloodline and WWE is hot," and yeah, 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 okay, according not not according to Fox, right? And that's where a lot right. of your bloodline storylines took place. Was was SmackDown? Which begs the question, if Fox didn't see that, Fox didn't see that as a win for them. No. At all. But it's no. it was one and of the probably, best storylines in wrestling for, well, they, you know, for a you know while. What? They probably, they, well, you know what they probably did? They probably did their research and went back and measured what SmackDown was doing before. They probably went back during the 90s, early 2000s where the show was at. And and WWE probably oh we could do we could do this you know blah 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 we're on a resurgence no you're not no you're not people need to understand something the wrestling audience is not as big as you think it is it's not as big as it was no it's not it's it's not no and the the television ratings prove it it's not when we used to get used to get you get you get twos now for for SmackDown you probably get you know you know. 1.4, 1.5 1.4, million people watching Raw. You got maybe what 800,000 yeah, watching watching um, AEW. 400 yeah. people, 400,000 people will watch Collision. You know, 300,000 watch Rampage. Dude, we used to get what five, five, nine, sixes for Raw on Monday nights. Nitro used to get fours. Okay, SmackDown was in the threes and fours. Yeah. That where where are all these people at? If the wrestling business is so hot, where the fuck are all these people? And this is where I hate bringing this back up too. This is where they need to change the metric because people are cutting the cord and that's having a big effect. And I'm venturing to say the numbers that coming out now, like since people are cutting the cord, the numbers that they're using for ratings are live day of. And they need, they probably need to look at that, but it's, it's still a good, it's still a good barometer. Like how much do people really care to watch this shit in the moment? Yeah. But the answer is not that many, (laughs) not that many no more. People, people are starting to get away from that shit. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. That's exactly what's going on. So you got to look at it. Like, like you just said there, look at the, 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 the metrics and look at it basically, how a lot of people are not watching day of, they go watch on a DVR later on and then, right. you know, go on YouTube and watch it or they'll stream it on demand or something like that. There's, yeah. TV, the TV habits have changed, but at the same time, the wrestling fan has left and not come back. Very true. And that's why I said, like, it's still a good barometer to see who is actually interested in it still. Like, Who's sitting there day of watching this with us live? I bro, the answer I, is not that many. Yeah, I I don't all around. Yeah, I don't I don't watch a lot of anything that I watch. 
I, I will go on YouTube and go look at it or something like that. I, I don't watch any of the live. I, I really don't. I don't really keep up with the current product. I haven't watched Crown Jewel. I have no intention of watching it. Like, I don't care. No, I watch. Mm-hmm. And I watch, but even me, I'm not I'm not watching in the moment, not all the time. I'm I'm DVRing. I'm going back and I'm catching up. So and that's the thing that's like what we do here on No Gimmicks. And that's where it's a good um it's a good mix because you're the type of person that's gonna look at the, the newer shows or whatever, keep up with what's going on. I am old school. So I'll right. go and I'll go watch something from back in the day because that's that's what I like to do. That's my choice. Right. Uh, I will go watch something back in the day. Like like it's kind of like the same thing with Star Wars. I, I won't. I was debating tonight. Should I watch Solo? A Star Wars story? Should, I mean, should Solo's I, should I watch not that? a bad movie, man. And I'm kind of like, uh, you know. It's not a bad movie. Solo yeah, is it's just not the best Star Wars movie, but it's not a bad movie. Yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> one day when I have a, a couple of cocktails or something like that, I'll. <laughs> you gotta watch it. Uh, you gotta watch it too. Oh, so real quick. So, <laughs> um, the the writer strike has officially come to an end at twelve. Oh, good shit, good shit. Yeah. So that's that's good, coming to an end. And um, I don't know why anybody's surprised about this because the uh, the Hollywood executives basically sent out and said, "This is our final offer. This is that we're not going to bend. This is it." So, so of course, question. Of course, they had to take the deal because they said they're not going to come back with any more deals. It's over. Yeah. So question. Yes, sir. How does how does this affect what's going on in WWE right now? It does because well so Cena's I mean Cena was doing his the farewell tour anyways. He's wrapping up. So I mean he'll just it'll just be Cena will disappear. Cena was there, Rock came back, there was the threat of him (laughs) going to Mania. That's probably not gonna happen. Well, but here's the thing though, okay, just because the rider strike is over, it doesn't mean anything because here's the thing. We're we're at we're at so late in the year with this that a lot of projects are gonna be delayed probably because Oh, they've already been delayed. But they're gonna be delayed even more. You know, yeah, true. And a, and a person like myself, you know, I was I was waiting for the second season of, of you know Tales from the Jedi and and a lot of other shit out there, you know. So mm. these shows might these shows might be delayed now. You know, the 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 Acolyte is another show. That was uh, oh yeah, out. that one definitely is delayed. The skeleton crew, yeah, uh, which the skeleton crew is supposed to play into Ahsoka, so yeah. that you know, but Ahsoka got renewed for a season two, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, I mean, we'll see, man. We'll we'll see. I just I know I I wasn't expecting Cena to be around much longer, and I was I was you know happy to see him at, at SmackDown a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, it it was a good good novelty act. Yeah. It was. And, was Cena. and Cena came in. Cena did business. Cena did business for Solo. He so. put some people over, man. Yeah, he did. He, he, he did. put some people over. He did. He kind of did the. He kind of did the Hulk Hogan of, of uh, 2002, where Hogan came back and Hogan came in and, and yeah, he put people everybody. over, and then that's why when people say oh, Hogan never put anybody over. Bullshit. Look at Hogan when he came back to the WWF. He did business for everybody. He yeah, did business for he The did. Rock. He did business for Kurt Angle. He did business for um, shit Brock Lesnar. I mean, he did business for a lot of people. Chris Jericho, I believe too. So yep. he worked with a lot of he worked with a lot of people. So he did. Yeah, 
He did. So, yeah, it was it was good to see Cena back. And uh, kudos. The one good thing that that'll come out of this is probably the uh, the Conzo. The Comic Cons will be what they were. Actually, I kind of like the Comic Cons without all the actor stuff because it brought it back to the comic books. That's just me, but yeah, it'll be big again. So that's that's a good thing. Yeah, I think twenty twenty four is going to be a, it's going to be a big a big year for a lot of um, forms of entertainment. Right. Um, I I do agree. Um, I think one of the things that came up with the water rider strike happened to begin was it was a lot of had to do with AI and, and, and replacing mm-hmm. the, the background actors. And, and yep. I kind of understand that because it's like, okay, if you use me one time and you, and you could duplicate me in that, in that show, okay, well you should be paying me for my likeness is what it is. It's your likeness. Yeah. So whether you have a, a speaking line or not, that's your likeness that they're using to, to create that image. So I yep. totally understand. I totally get, get what they were doing. I understand. No, I agree. Because the, the studios are greedy as fuck, man. The, the thing that people don't understand when it comes down to it is that the reason why shows are the way they are, it is because of the creative forces behind them. It's the writers that get this shit done. It's the writers that get it done. It's the people out there that build the stages. It's the production crew that makes it happen. Yeah, the actors play a, a part of it. Of course they do. But the writers are the ones that give the direction. The directors give the direction. The only thing the studio is good for is just sign off on the money and the check to make sure it goes. Yep. Yep. And they will bury you and put your hologram on the road. Shout out to Mark Sox. Yeah. All right, man. Let's get into the main event of the evening. Survivor Series 1996. Yeah, uh, we, talk, we talked before we came on the air. Survivor Series '96 is a really important Survivor Series in the in the history of the WWE. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's the tenth annual uh, Survivor Series. It was held in Madison Square. Yep, and featured the debut of The Rock, uh, Rocky Maivia at mm-hmm. that time uh had some some absolute bangers on this card uh stone cold versus uh bret hart was on this card which this was this was their first encounter when brett came back correct yep and uh also i think it set the stage for what happened at wrestlemania 13 in 1997 which ended up catapulting Stone Cold Steve Austin into the stratosphere. So very, very, very interesting pay-per-view in the grand scheme of things. But let's get right into it. Main event, Shawn Michaels, Psycho Sid. But we started off um, with the Survivor Series 4-on-4 which Aldo Montoya, <laughs> that is a name. Aldo Montoya, Bart Gunn, Bob Holly, and Jesse James, which this is, they uh, were going up against Billy Gunn, Bradshaw, Justin Bradshaw, Salvador Sincere, and the Sultan. Rockabilly. 
Rockabilly. Rockabilly gun. Yep. So traditional four-on-four match. Uh, Montoya gun, Bob Holly, Jesse James, they got the victory. But now, for a lot of people out there listening to the show right now, he mentions uh, Aldo Montoya, the Portuguese man of war. The man of war. <laughs> that person would go on to be just incredible in yep. ECW. Yep. And of course, you got Jesse James, who would later become the road dog. Jesse the badass. And then you really got the badass. The road dog, on. Jesse James. Yeah. Before the New Age Outlaws. Now, they were on opposite sides in this match. Absolutely, because Jesse was the babyface and Billy was heel. Yep. They didn't yep. come together until that shotgun Saturday night when Jesse James came out and told uh, Billy, he says, Willie Will, are you with me? <laughs> now, Justin Bradshaw mm-hmm. would drop the Justin and later on become Bradshaw. Right, at this point he was Justin Hawk Bradshaw. Yep, Justin Hawk Bradshaw. And in these in the in the corner, so we had the Sultan who ended up becoming Rikishi. One of many gimmicks because uh before that, remember he was one of part of the hair shrinkers. Yep. And then before that the Samoan the Samoan SWAT team. Correct. And in their corner was the Iron Sheik. And help me out. Should be Bob Backlund. Nope. Was it Bob Backlund? Nope. Probably. It was Dutch uh, Mantel, but I can't think of his name, what he was going by, because it wasn't Dutch Mantel. No, it was, um, shit. What was his name he went by? Zebakaya. Or Zeb- uh, Zebakaya. Zebakaya. Yeah. Because Bob Backlund usually. Bob Backman was usually he was he was with the, the Sultan and yep. the Iron Sheik. Yep. I was kind of surprised he wasn't there. I, I, yeah, I I don't I'm not remembering why he wasn't there. Mm. Didn't he? I don't think he was there. I don't think he came back until like ninety five or ninety six. I mean, nine, not ninety six, ninety six and ninety seven. Later, no. 96. No, no Backlund was there. Ninety six. Backlund was there. He was with the Sultan. Hmm. I don't remember that. I do remember him. I do remember Bob Backlund like going crazy. <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah, but I I don't remember it being around this time though. But I do remember him like I'm like damn Bob Backlund. That old motherfucker's crazy. Bob Backlund. As we sit right now, is probably in better shape than you and I combined at his age. Yes, exactly, exactly. So he ain't that crazy. No, he ain't. Actually, they did a. Uh, nah, he's freakishly. He's a he's a freak athlete, bro. Like for real, for real. They had the uh, what's those shits? Iron Sheik used to swing. The the clubs, Persian clubs. Persian yeah, clubs. The Persian clubs. So. Remember Iron Sheik had uh he had the challenge, right? Yeah. Where if you can if you can um if you can lift them up. Nobody could do that shit but Bob Backlund. He did it twice. And they did like the uh treasures, the WWE most wanted treasures. Mm-hmm. And the clubs were on the list. 
and uh, they went to Bob Backlund's house and Bob Backlund had three sets of clubs <laughs> in his house. And he was like, how did you get so many? He was like, yeah, I just lifted them and Iron Sheik gave them to me. He's like, these are the ones that that were on TV. And he's like, he respected that I could do it. And he just let me have them. And he was like, if you can lift them, you can have them. Wow. That was the deal. That shit was dope as fuck. <laughs> I was like, I was like, that that's incredible. But yeah. You know, I mean, Sheik, how I many people Sheiky made humble? Those yeah. Persian clubs. I'd make you to be humble. <laughs> I break your back and I make you humble. I break your back and fuck your ass. Make you humble. Oh, rest in peace. Rest in peace to the Iron Sheet. All right, match two. Doug Furness. Old name. Henry O. Godwin. Phil LaFon. And Phineas Godwin with Hillbilly Jim. The Hillbilly Boas. Against the British Bulldog, Leaf Cassidy, who later became Al Snow, Marty Janetti, and Owen Hart. So essentially, we have the new Rockers. Teaming yep. with Owen and the Bulldog against the yep. Godwins and um, Phil, Phil LaFont. What was his name? Yeah, Phil LaFont. Yeah, Phil LaFont. And what was his name? Who? Which one? Phineas? The no. Godwins. No, the Godwins, but they, they had uh, Phil LaFont. Oh, Doug Furness. Yeah. Doug Furness, yeah. Yeah. So, only thing I remember about this match really was I don't remember this match at all. <laughs> I kind of do. I, I kind of do remember because the fans were actually cheering for the Bulldog and, and Owen. And at this time, Owen and the Bulldog were actually managed by Clarence Mason. But then Clarence was also managing. Mm, um, he okay. Was also managing Farouk too with the because the Nation of Domination had just formed too. Yep. So he's doing double duty. I'm not sure where Jim Cornette. I think Jim Cornette would just want to be out the road because remember they all used to be Camp Cornette. Right. Right. So, yeah, I don't I don't remember this match too much. This is filler, so let's just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> Undertaker versus mankind. All right. So let's let's take a back seat here for a second. So <laughs> this feud here, like there had never been anybody in the WWF that ever went at Undertaker like this. Now, ever. nobody ever done it. Mankind came in, and the first time I saw Mankind, I'm like, I kind of, and I was a kid, so I'm like, I, I know this guy from somewhere, right? I knew who that was immediately. And Cactus Jack, WCW. Yeah, that was my uncle's favorite wrestler. <laughs> yeah. So, so he immediately begins feeding with Taker. They have the infamous Boiler Room Brawl match at SummerSlam 96. Yeah. And this is a match in which Paul Bearer turned on The Undertaker. Yeah, not give him the urn, and um, so we we fast forward. These two are continuing a few. Taker gets taken off TV for a little while. Taker comes back this night at Survivor Series. He comes from the ceiling, does a, a cool ass entrance, and he has like wings attached to him. He's like basically the the kind of like they call it the Gothic Undertaker is pretty much what it was. And um, they had a pretty good match. And uh, I remember Paul Bear was locked in the shark cage. 
Yep, above the ring. Above the ring. So, yep. uh, you know, it was, it was a good match. I, I enjoyed it. It was to, to basically further the feud. Taker needed to change at this point. Um, and he went there. I, I noticed Taker, though, during the match, Taker was having a lot of problems with his ring gear for some reason. I don't know what was going on there. But he kept trying to have it to fix his shirt and shit. So I think it might have mm-hmm. been some sizing uh, issues there. But, you know, nonetheless, I thought, I thought it was a pretty good match. Great match. Great match, and, and, and what would be for them for the years to come for Taker and, and Mankind? Jesus, right, right, blood feud. Oh yeah, this was this was a legit blood feud. It was, and like I said, you never Taker had never done anything like this before, and Taker worked no. with a lot of a lot of people throughout his time in the Federation. You know, from 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 the from the Jake Roberts and the Hogan's to um to to um shit, Giant Gonzalez. Yep. You know, Kamala, Yokozuna, yep. big guys, but it big, it big took guys. a it took a Mick Foley to come in there to to really. I think I think mankind that feud added a new layer to the Undertaker. They will the say people people will say the Undertaker's greatest feud or greatest anything is with with Kane or something like that. No, it's with mankind. It's with mankind. Yeah, the, mankind is is that's Undertaker's arch rival, and that's how uh, the the Joker to the Batman. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's that they were. They just made that work, man. The creativity of of Mick Foley to come up with a lot of that shit, to do a lot of that stuff, to put his body on the line, to make the person he was with. You know what I'm saying? Bro, Vince owes that man a lot, <laughs> a lot. Well, Vince owes a lot of people a lot, but as you know, our, I, I just you know listened to the other day with Johnny Coachman. The loyalty doesn't mean anything to WWF. Hmm. Hmm. That says a lot. I'll send you the clip of that. What he was talking about. Okay. Yeah. That says a lot, though. That does say a lot. Hey, the Hebners didn't, didn't have any. They, the Hebners were loyal, and then what happened to them? Mm. Touche. Yep. Too fucking Shay. Bret Hart was loyal. What happened to Bret? Yeah, that hurts. That hurts. Even Taker. Taker's like still loyal. Yeah, he's just, he was just with Vince the other day. Yeah. Still loyal. I don't know what it gets him, but in the grand scheme of things, we may need to break that down. There's a lot we got to break down with Taker. Taker Mankind, probably have to break that down, but Taker's loyalty to the WWE. We probably need to talk about one day. Probably. But yeah. it won't be today. Won't be today. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Jake Roberts, Mark Merrow with Sable, and the Stalker. Barry Wyndham. Barry Wyndham. With a debuting Rocky Maivia going up against Crush Goldust with Marlena Terry Reynolds, Jerry the King Lawler, and Hunter Hearst Helmsley. This is a all star match, bro. <laughs> like back then, How do back you- then it's a regular match. But this is a like looking at this now, 
this is a crazy ass match. How do you put a talent like Barry Windham and make him the stalker? And then you have DDT. We got. We're gonna have to talk about. We gotta have to talk about this too. (laughs) You bring Diamond Dallas Page in. You know, a few years later, and he's a stalker. Yep. They just really love that stalker game. Like you know, we had Barry Windham here. He he really couldn't do it. But damn it, we believe in you. Exactly. Now, damn it, get in there and be the stalker. Yeah. Like you told him. Now, damn it. Kiss my ass. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Booking decisions. All right. Oh, by the way, next week on the No Gimmers Podcast, we're gonna go through our top ten worst booking decisions ever in the business. And we're gonna span WWF, WCW, and current AEW. <laughs> so that's going to be on the next week's show. Yes. And it might not just be 10. I'm saying 10 right now, but damn it. There's so know. many. There's, There's so many. So, so we're going we're to we're pick them up. And, and, and this list will also include angles that went nowhere. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you my number one right now. Well, if you because it's good. number one right now, then what's the point of next week? Because it may change, but go right ahead. now I have a number one. Well, go ahead, sir. And it has it, it has everything to do with the subject that we're talking about tonight. Okay. The fucking gobbledygooker. Right now is my number one. But that wasn't really a a, a booking decision. That was an angle. Yeah, you said angles. Yeah, I know, but like. I mean, angles that actually led to matches. Yeah, it didn't lead to shit. Right. But as a kid, I was like, oh, what is that? I'm talking about, you know, like, shit, DDP versus Undertaker. Oh, you know, They well, did that yeah. build, and then they... Then, yeah, my ass against, was gonna change. They booked him against Taker, and Sarah, and Sarah beat his ass. That's a bad <laughs> booking choice, man. <laughs> okay. Then we could change. We could change. Yes, sir. That's what I said. It, it could it could change. But no, that's not my number one. It's just something I thought of. But yeah. So Mike Rocky Maivia debuts, wins this four on four. Who what knew? happened to that guy? I don't know. I don't think he succeeded at all in the business. Nah, he didn't last long. Of course, he didn't last long because he was the Rocky Maivia. Now, when he became the Rock, and you smell what the Rock is cooking, know your role, Jabroni. Know your role. That's when he went to the next level. Yeah. But here, it's just Rocky Maivia with the cool pineapple hair. I used to have that hairstyle <laughs> back in the day. Did so you I, really? I did. My shit was all curly, <laughs> just like that, man. Because I, because I, I was, I was trying to copy. Um, Batman from Immature, Marcus Houston. <laughs> shit, man. I used to have my hair down like this with the Oakleys on. Oh, fuck yeah, man. Oh, shit. <laughs> the things you learn. 
<laughs> I don't hide it though, motherfucker. I don't. Hey, I ain't mad at you. I'm not mad at it. you. I don't hide you, it. You ain't, the, you ain't the only one. You ain't I know I'm not. One. I know I'm not because I'm I'm because I'm I'm him player in public, <laughs> if you will. You are not the only one. I know because I'm that I'm in public. Not, let's not get it twisted. Let's not get it twisted. Marcus Houston was was a big deal. Sure was. Especially after House Party Three came out. Yeah, Marcus Houston. Yeah, it was a big deal. I will never lie again. Had girls feeling some type of way, so I don't blame you at all. But yeah, Rocky Maivia did not last long. I was. I'm wondering. I'm wondering why, because he wasn't. He wasn't bad. Was it wasn't like he was bad as Rocky Maivia. He was actually really good. It's just I. I think the times had changed. Times had changed, and people were moving away from that baby face slapping hand. Yeah, we don't want it's, that shit. Yeah, because yeah. because you gotta remember something, dude. When when people they started moving away from that when when Diesel and Razor at, were at, at WWF. They you know Kevin mm. Kevin Nash as Diesel was really a, a anti hero. That's that's yeah. what he was. You know. Yeah. So you kind of look when Hogan turned, all best were off. Like that's what you knew. The business had really changed because Hulk Hogan turned heel, the ultimate babyface. He turned heel, so that babyface shit that they were going to do, and, and, and everybody knows New York is a babyface territory. That wasn't going to work, right? And he went to be to be the biggest star in the business. He had to go through that shit. He had to go from first being a heel or being a babyface to turning heel, and then getting popular and turning heel again. You know, that's that's right. Right, what happened. You know. It's right. kind of the same thing they're doing with Roman. The ultimate end game for Roman Reigns is for Roman to be a babyface. That's the ultimate goal. It's for him to be that big babyface. They, they, they. The similarity is freakishly on par. Yeah. <laughs> with with Roman and how he became what he became, and The Rock how he became what he became. Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's really similar. So yeah, very very much seen. And I like that. I like that he did it. And then he instantly became like the coolest person in the room when yeah. nobody really paid attention to him. Cause I didn't pay attention to him until he was the intercontinental I champion. I did. I, I I thought he had, you know, he had potential. I thought he was good, but it wasn't like, it wasn't like, ah, oh, I, I said potential. No, nah, but I'm saying he was the intercontinental champion, but at the same time, I was like, he's not someone that I'm gonna be like, oh, that guy is cool. You know what I'm saying? Like mm. he wasn't he wasn't on my radar like that. Not until not until the die Rocky die. Right. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I like this guy. That's all I get from you pieces of crap. Hell yeah. Tell him how you feel. For all my blood, my sweat, and my tears. Yeah, I'm a lot of things, but sucks isn't one of them. Right. Hell yeah. You have my attention, sir. <laughs> you have my attention. But yeah, moving on. Here's a here's a match. Bret Hart versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. If you put the letter S in front of Hitman, 
You'd have my exact opinion of Bret Hart. <laughs> says Stone Cold Steve Austin. Not me. <laughs> so yeah, Stone Cold Steve Austin says that. And, man, what what a promo. Like, you can literally go back right now on the WWE He cut on one hell of a promo before that, man. Start, starting that shit. Like, yeah. start the, early, the early days of Stone Cold Steve Austin, when Stone Cold was, was trying to be the ultimate heel. It was some of the most entertaining shit I've ever seen. Fuck yeah, it was. Like, you can go back right now and then, like, even, like, his movements in that match, everything that he did meant something. And I I liked Stone Cold, but I don't think I paid attention to him as a wrestler more than a personality. Like, I liked what I liked what he talked about, but going back and watching that particular match, I was like, fuck, man, Stone Cold was Stone Cold was actually <laughs> really yeah, now I, good, bro. Yeah, now I have been watching Austin ever since he was in WCW. So when he was Sunny Steve with the Dangerous Alliance, right. so I knew exactly who Steve Austin was. So when he came in as a ringmaster, first of all, I did not like the name of the ringmaster. Terrible he, he didn't like it either. And yeah, nobody terrible. Liked it. But you can still see the athlete that he was. And um he went there and had a kick-ass match. Bret Hart wanted to work with Steve Austin. Right. And Bret Hart is the one who called Stone Cold. Basically, Bret went to Vince and told him, basically, I want to work with this guy. I can make money with him. That's how it all started. So if you're Stone Cold Steve Austin and you get a call from Bret Hart, Man Hart, and Bret Hart telling you, I want to work with you, that's a big deal. That's Fuck a huge yeah. endorsement yeah. right there. And they went on to do some match. I mean, those those angles they did, especially once Bret uh, turned heel and, and the Hart Foundation came along, and they refuted yep. with Steve Austin and Shawn Michaels, yep. and, and, and they did the infamous ambulance angle where Austin was beating Brett's ass in the ambulance. And, uh, I mean, that's just so such good TV, man. That was just that, yeah. That's kind of what's missing today. And, and, and it, it is. It's it is that, kind of, that kind of storytelling, that kind of angle that they were doing there. Yep. But this was a good match. And, Very uh, good it match. Was, and, and the finish of the match was pretty much the same finish that Brett did with Roddy, Roddy, Roddy Piper at WrestleMania 8. Which yep. they did the, uh, you know, did the the spot on the on the the uh, second rope, and then flipped back and did that one, two, three, and Austin, you know, Austin lost, but Austin, yep. Austin lost, but he, he, won. he won, he won, he yeah. definitely won. Oh, so yeah. this match, this match was to determine the number one contender for the WWF Championship at that time. Right. Yeah. Um, even though he lost, he still he he won, like. He lost the match, but he gained so much out of that. Yeah, because it was going to really be at this point to really see what Austin can do. Can he go? Right. So that's what he proved that he can go. He, he did. He to, did. To, he proved it to, to to McMahon. He proved it pretty much to all the boys in the back that he could, he could go out there and do his thing. Now, I want to I bring this. I want to bring this because Survivor Series – Stone Cold versus Bret Hart. He loses this match. Yeah. They go against each other again, WrestleMania 13. Yep. He loses that match. But he comes out of it. He comes out of that match at WrestleMania 13, arguably the biggest star in the company. He, yeah, he, he lost the match. But as you said, he came out bigger because that's the double turn had been done there. Right. And and Stone Cold Steve Austin at that point proved himself that yes, I can hang with the WWF superstars. And that's exactly what he did. So if you can do 
you get two good matches out of out of them two. And, and if I and if I pick the match between uh, Survivor Series and WrestleMania 13, and which one I think is a better match, I, I got to go with 13. Just simply oh, because the, most the violence the got turned up. Yeah, yeah, the violence was turned up on on uh, up on that match, and just uh, yeah. and the build. Brett, and, Brett was. Brett was a menace in that match. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's just, it's crazy. It's just like one of those feuds when people, we go back to 97 and, and we look at the, the, the feuds in 1997 and I'm like, you know, one, one of my favorite feuds is Macho Man versus Diamond Dallas Page. That yep. was happening at WCW. My other favorite feud was going to be Bret Hart versus Tom Cozy Boston. They happened yep. to be happening at WWF. So those, those are my, you know, top two feuds right there that were going on at the same time. Yep. I agree with that. I agree with that. But yes, yeah, another, with... another one, real quick that, that I like that they were feuding. I, I I enjoy the the feud between the Outsiders and uh, the Sonner Brothers. Hmm. I like, yeah, yeah. That was actually a really good feud. Yeah. Really good feud. But sticking with Survivor Series, the next match co-main event. So we have Fake Diesel, who is Glenn Jacobs. <laughs> who would later become the Undertaker's brother? It's gotta be Kane. Uh, and Farouk with a fake Razor Ramon. I can't remember who was uh, Rick Wagner. Mm, okay, with Vader against Flash Funk. Fucking horrible name. Tuco Scorpio. Jimmy Snuka. Savio Vega. And Yokozuna. And <laughs> just just shake your head. <laughs> so this match ended in a no contest. Yeah. How was there as a surprise because Snooker had just gotten inducted, I believe, the night before. Yeah. And the WWE Hall of Fame. So yep. he was there as a surprise on, on the babyface team. But what a cluster, man! Yeah, this was this was one of those booking decisions. First of all, you got Farouk and Vader on the same team. Now, my my WCW people out there, these two feuded over the WCW World Title. Farouk beat Vader for the belt in Baltimore. Yep, yep. You know what I mean, so it's like seeing now on the same team. But I forgot it's it's not Ryan Simmons. It's Farouk. I saw it. It's Farouk. Yeah. Yep. And it's not Big Van Vader. It's Vader. How does a how does a four on four elimination match end in a no contest? It's called bad booking, and let's move on to the main event. <laughs> the main event: Psycho Sid versus Shawn Michaels. I'm going to do it proper, sir. The following contest, scheduled for one fall, is for the World Wrestling Federation Championship. About to come down the aisle with Jose Lothario from San Antonio, Texas. The heartbreak kid, Sean Michaels. His opponent from West Memphis, Arkansas. Psycho Sid. There you go. And Sean's out there. Oh, boo. <laughs> That's what happened in New York tonight. They turned. It Way did. before Cena ever got that kind of reaction, Shawn Michaels got it that night. They did not like HBK in New York <laughs> that night. No, no, no. They were one hundred percent behind Sid on this one. What? What happened? <laughs> I wonder what happened. I think what happened was is that I think people thought Shawn Michaels was being forced down their throats, 
He was doing a babyface mm. thing. They didn't they didn't like it. He was on a babyface deal, and he had Jose Lothario with him as his manager. Which Shine, from what you hear, Shine didn't want that. He he did not like that. So yeah. uh, you know, he he Shine wasn't doing the cool shit. He's looking at you, looking at what's happening at WCW. Hulk Hogan's cooler than Shine Michaels at this point. So what does that tell you? Like I told you, man, everything changed once Hogan did that heel turn. It did. Because now anybody can be heel. It absolutely did. It, it ultimately it destroyed baby faces and heels. And the WWF was already moving away from that to begin with. When you go look back at Diesel, when Diesel turned after the right. match with Bret Hart, remember when he powerbombed Bret through the announce table when Bret right. won the championship? Right. Kevin Nash was already doing that that tweener shit. So when Hogan turns, it completely it, the, the Hogan heel turn had had effects on Bret Hart moving forward. It His baby face run, it, it, it affected everything. Because now, like I said, nobody is off limits now. Even Vince McMahon can be a heel. Even though he was in real life, he can now be a heel on TV. Right. Because it changed the dynamics of it. Well, that whole, the Hogan turn absolutely affected Bret Hart because people started gravitating start towards uh, Stone Cold. That's Survivor what I mean. Series. That's what I mean. Because Bret was trying to still be that straight white beat baby face. Yeah. And, and Hogan, like, fuck that. No, bro. Hogan wasn't even doing that shit anymore. Hogan was right. Hollywood now. You know, he was doing all the, the most healing shit he could do. Right. And I think Bret Hart turned it up a, a whole other different level when he turned heel. Oh, so yeah. So the same thing had to happen here with Shawn Michaels. When Shawn Michaels finally turned and, and, and DX was formed, oh, it was a completely different Shawn Michaels. Yep. Shawn Michaels turned that volume up. He finally got to be that attitude that he wanted to do. And pretty much, I mean, here's what it is. And yep. Sid, of course, Sid beat Shawn Michaels for the championship, uh, hit Jose Lothario with the camera, and basically wins the WWF championship. And Psycho yep. Sid was cheered that night, leaving uh, when the shows got off the air. Shawn Michaels was getting booed. Crazy. And Shawn's, and Shawn's been, you know, Shawn's pretty much ultimately been carrying, carrying the company, but Sean's got a lot of personal problems going on because he feels pretty much mm-hmm. that it's not working for him. He's like, he finally gets the opportunity, and guess what? It's not working. WWE right. are killing them in the TV ratings. The NWO thing is exploding. His best friends down there, who I'm pretty sure he's happy for, but they're killing him in the ratings here because nobody's watching this shit. Yep. Even though at the time, I'm like, you know, WWF has some pretty good shit going on, and it was Austin versus Brett. They were, they were they definitely turning the corner. The Nation of Domination with with uh, with Ahmed Johnson, they were. I mean, they were doing some starting yeah. to turn the corner a little bit here, but it's gonna take some time. But overall, we put a, a a final you know bow on this Survivor Series. It's not one of the stronger Survivor Series. I, I'm gonna we we do the deal the one to ten scale on here. I'm gonna have to give this Survivor Series a six. I was thinking six six or seven. Yeah, six yeah. or seven. Yeah. Just yeah. for the fact, just for and just for the fact that Rocky Maivia debuted on this show, yeah, um, it holds significant historical value, right? Plus, plus Stone Cold Bret Hart and the story that they started telling at this pay per view, right? It holds significant value, but overall, I agree this this has some misses. Yeah, if you if you're if you're a fan and you want to go back and watch this show, I recommend skipping all the way to Undertaker 
versus Mankind. Mankind. Yep. Um, I would recommend skipping to uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Bret Hart and then Shawn Michaels versus uh, Psycho Sid. You, you can't go wrong with those. It's also weird, not weird, but it's wild looking back at it. Like the fake Diesel ended up being Kane. Like they were, this is what you were being used for back then. Well, it was before that, he was a dentist. Isaac Yankum. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's just weird seeing them now. Like, damn, this is what, and even too cold Scorpio at what he was at ECW. And then he goes there and he's Flash Funk. And it's well, like, look at what he's at. Well, look at what he was in WCW. Oh, yeah. True. Yeah. True. But yeah. Crazy pay per view. Crazy, yeah. crazy historical pay per view. That one was. Yeah, it was. I mean, yeah, man. I'd say why. I mean, if you want to pick a good Survivor Series to watch, in my opinion, shit, man, you take it all the way back. Go back 90. to Survivor Series. Go back to Survivor Series. Fucking eighty-seven. Go mm. to Survivor Series. Go to eighty-eight. Go to go to ninety. Go to I was 91. thinking either eighty-eight or ninety. Eighty-eight, yeah. eighty-eight, and ninety are probably my two top ones. Yeah. Yeah. I like Survivor Series 90 myself. Yeah. That was pretty good. I like 90, and I definitely like uh, 91, simply for Taker versus Hogan, and Taker winning hmm. strap. Yeah. He had been in about a year at that point. So. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good that's a good pay-per-view. Good, good pay-per-view. All right, man, let's end this one. <laughs> Back to the current. Yeah. So it was reported, uh, well, not reported. It was said by Booker T that LA Knight has heat on him. He's heard that he has heat. Yeah. What does that mean? Well, LA, LA Knight previously had heat before. Right. So we don't know if this is somebody just saying something or is this legit? I think it could be a combination of our does does LA Knight have haters backstage? That I would say that too. Don't like his his big ascension to the fact that this guy is selling a lot of merchandise, and he's had a match with Roman, and his stock has gone way up, and his stock has gone way up at the age of forty. His stock is up, right? So, uh, which I I don't understand how forty is old in the wrestling business. I I never I don't get that, but anyway, so. Um, I think it, it, I, I think that it's just it's kind of a situation of who you believe. Do you believe that this is what's going on, or do you believe that it's bullshit? I think it might be some some truth to a little bit of it, but I believe I that know. too. I don't know. I believe that I believe there because that it was reported that he had heat on him for his attitude. Yeah. So I, there may be some truth to that. Um, right. I'm leaning towards your side too. Maybe there isn't any any truth to that and he just has haters who don't want to see him succeed because and i i'll go back to royal rumble we were both at the royal rumble like i understood it that night like there's something to this guy that the crowd absolutely loves it's stone cold 2023 yeah he's essentially doing stone cold Steve Austin. that's right. what he's doing Right. And nobody can't tell me otherwise. His mannerisms, the way he, his promos and all that, it's Steve Austin. That's all it is. Yeah. I mean, shit. I'm waiting for I'm him to come out him. one day with black boots. Black I am, I am not mad at him. I I'm really, waiting to hear I'm the really glass mad. break when he comes out. 
that should be fire. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah. Should, but yeah. They actually should put that at the beginning of his music when he says yeah. Mm-hmm. He needs another song in my opinion. I don't like his music. He does. I don't I don't like his entrance either. He's more like a, a like a heavy metal rock type of song. That's what he needs. Something that actually matches with what he's doing. Yep. yep. Not this because I, I agree. L A night like what? The, and then it, it goes into like some kind of like kind of like West Coast rap kind of kind of vibe. Like man, what is my, what am, I, am I playing Grand Theft Auto San Andreas or some shit? Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know I I I agree with that, but that's what I'm saying. Like at at Royal Rumble, and you were there, yeah. Sitting in that section and just hearing the people, and they were doing this shit the whole show, and I was just listening to this shit. Like, oh my god, <laughs> I was yeah. like. I was like, oh my God, this guy is fucking over. Right. And I was like, I at the time, because I didn't know much about LA Knight. I knew he came back. I knew he was Eli Drake. But in the WWE sense, I hadn't really seen him around. Right? So I didn't know how this was translating. So he had been there like a couple months. And in that span... By the time he got to Royal Rumble, the crowd was fucking chanting this shit. I well, was I think like, a lot of people followed him from Impact at the time because he was doing it in Impact Wrestling. As yeah, well. he was. He was doing the gimmick at, at Impact. Even yeah. even before then, he was doing it in NWA. Yeah. And it just it caught like wildfire, and I was like, "Holy shit!" I but said, what? Yeah. Right. Exactly, exactly what that was. But even then, so the match with Bray happens, and I'm like, well, that's the end of that. Yeah. I didn't think that match was was good enough to carry him forward. I just didn't. I didn't even see it, bro. I was at the concession stand. I heard it. Yeah. Yeah, I did not think that match was... It was, for what it was, it was a creative match. And it yeah. sucks. It sucks that that's Bray's last match, but it's what it is. It was a very creative match for what they were able to do visually with it. I thought it was very creative, but it was hard to see. So I couldn't get into it the way I wanted to get into it. Right. And then you had the aftermath that just didn't, it didn't go over well. Right. And I, I was like, dang, I don't think this, I don't think it worked. I didn't. And I was like, well, that's the end of that's the end of that. But it wasn't. And absolutely it wasn't. And then he just keeps growing and growing and growing. And the more he's left out of shit, the more people want him in it. And then you could argue here, he loses to Roman. He's probably gonna be bigger because of it. Yeah, but a lot of people are just really sick of Roman Reigns. This is true too. But yeah, this this goes back this goes back to Bret Hart Stone Cold. Yeah. But you know, and then they said, Oh, you know, Roman's gonna break Hogan's record or whatever. I'm like, bro, there's you a difference. You have a between, ways to go. There, there's yeah, but there's a difference between, like Hogan was actually out there working 
defending the championship. That, going, a, that's interesting going that two, you bring going, that up. Going two matches in a fucking day. That that's interesting. That's interesting that you bring that up. So it was it was discussed. It was discussed earlier. Roman's title reign and the validity of it. It's not valid. So here here is here's where they here's where they draw the line, right? I was listening to this and they say, well, in the cases of of Hogan, maybe Flair. Well, not even Flair. You can't even put Flair in there. So in the cases of Hogan and Bruno, um those guys, even though they were wrestling and defending their titles, like a lot of these guys it wasn't it wasn't the top tier talent like a Roman Reigns was facing. So you have a guy, you Does go to a matter? house show. Does that matter? That's how you, so here here's 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 where they say it. The quality of opponent, right? The quality who's, of opponent. Who's, who's saying this? These are these are Hall of Famers speaking this. So if somebody who has a issue with Hogan, no, not 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 no issues whatsoever, no biasness. They're just making a case. If you want to establish Roman Reigns's reign as as a legitimate reign, then you can go by quality of opponent, not quality of opponents. Okay, so that basically that basically means that. We can say that Goldberg's win streak didn't mean anything, so it is. It doesn't matter that, that he lost the arcade because it doesn't mean anything because Goldberg went through a bunch of jabrones to get to that to that level. You could say that. You could you could absolutely argue that. But and that's where I'm like that creates a slip a slippery slope, because and even in the sense of even in the sense of Bob Backlund, right. So a lot of people didn't know that Bob Backlund lost to Antonio Inoki. He actually lost the WWF championship to Antonio Inoki. And uh, WWE only recently brought that up, but it put a stain on his reign as one of the longest reigning champions, which is why they don't mention Bob Backlund on, on, on any WWE programming in relation to Roman's reign. So the only two people, the only two people that Roman have to beat right now are Hulk Hogan and Bruno. I don't think he's beating Bruno. I, I don't think he's going to beat Hogan. No. And it's like, listen, people can have their opinion on if they want to. Only thing I know is, is that if you look at the title reigns, Roman's reign is not legitimate. Number one, they created... Okay, this is where people need to understand something. Hogan and Bruno's championships have the same lineage. Right. The WWF championship. Roman's lineage was the the undisputed championship. Was a belt that was created in, what, 2000 and what? 17, I think it was? Or 16, something like that? 17. 17? 17? Okay. Yep. So... They're, no, they don't match up. They don't match up at all. If you want to say he's considered the, the longest reigning undisputed champion, okay, that's fine. But no, 
how okay so here's a question too how much does that matter in the grand scheme of things if if they created this title and he's held it for that long how much does that matter in relation to the actual wwe championship because it matters a lot because they're trying to say that he's the longest reigning champion but they're trying to link the lineages between the two and you can't do that it's i think like they're I, starting to get away from that i i honestly do and i honestly think that they're starting to put just that title in roman's hands and well, making it that he's been he's been the longest reigning champion of any form in wwe well because i don't i don't believe that and i'm gonna tell you why i don't believe that because why? if that's the case then outside of the wwe headquarters right now it would be that championship. It's not that championship. It's the WWE championship that's out there. Yeah, but it is a WWE championship. No, it is, it is. the WWE championship outside of their headquarters. They're, that's the belt that they give away to people. They give sports teams. They don't give that belt to anybody. They give yeah, I know that. Teams, the WWE I know championship, that. it's outside the main building. If they thought that belt was that, that belt would have been the one they put outside of the building. I'm not I'm not leaning that way. And here's why. The reason I say that is because yes, they created that title for him. Yes, he's the one they've actually attached that specific title that they created to Roman Reigns now. That's what that's what that that's what they've done. They've done that. So now the 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 story now is that he's held that specific championship for that amount of days. Okay, so by if that's doing, the case. By if what? You say, if you say that, I already know what you're going to say. Right. If you say that, then you don't need to put Bruno and Hogan into the category at all. Because that's a championship that was specifically made and attached to him. Right. But with, with that being said, they've attached a new lineage to that. You can't. You cannot. Because if you're attaching a new lineage to it, then the old lineage doesn't matter. So then you don't. That's need what to, they're saying. But that's what they're okay. saying. So, that's so exactly then, why on TV saying. are you saying you're going to beat Hogan's record? It doesn't make sense. But that's what they're saying. This is exactly what they're saying. Did They've written you, off. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about. <laughs> they they don't even they don't even attach the fact that even though Bob Backlund lost. Tantonio Noki, he still had a long ass championship reign that Roman hasn't beaten yet. I just think that people they they feel that Bob Backlund is just not in the same name as people. People know Hogan, people know Bruno. That's right. pretty much what I get from that. But that's but that's what I'm telling you. They've established a new lineage, but they're attaching the importance of the old one to that lineage. And that's why by saying true. by saying Roman has held this title longer than any champion that has come through this company's history. I get that. And that's why it's a joke. That's exactly why it's a joke. Because, it, look, the title reign is a joke. <laughs> the, the, guy, the, the, guy, the guy holds the damn belt at home more than he holds it, you know, defending that motherfucker. So it's a joke. And everybody knows it's a joke. And I'm, I'm quite honestly, I, I like Roman Reigns on that, but he needs to give that belt to somebody else. <laughs> Seriously. And I know it's not, you know, it's it's not his decision. It's it's the the top brands or whatever they want, but it, it don't make no sense. 
it, it really doesn't. And he's like, oh, well, he's going to pass Hogan's record. Dude, you not even as wrestling as much as Hogan. Hogan was he out there defending that. You out there, Hogan was out there defending two shots on Saturday, another shot on Sunday, and the cycle repeats itself. And it doesn't matter if Hogan was wrestling Hammond Eggers or Jabrones or whatever. It was still a title match. It still counts in the record book as a title match. It doesn't matter who it was. It's all oh, the quantity of the opponent versus the quality over the quantity. <laughs> that doesn't mean shit. Because if that's the case, then those Hall of Famers you're talking about, their fucking tag team wins wouldn't win a, win a damn thing either. Think we struck a nerve. <laughs> I mean, it, it, if you're gonna say something, to make it make sense. That's all I'm saying. But that's what—that's exactly what they're doing. They're, they're what they're saying is the belt that we created for him. He's hold. He's held that belt longer than the old title holders held okay. their held their belts. Great. sucks but hey meanwhile fox says that you guys don't make any fucking money so we don't want you on our network anymore <laughs> it's too far man <laughs> hey lineage right <laughs> oh man final thoughts what you got final thoughts is this <laughs> final thoughts is support the No Gamers Podcast, and everyone on that filming podcast network. I'm talking about the patio with Cam. I'm talking about Real Food, United States Department of Nerds, the Queens yep. of Nerdum. Yep. Everybody out there, the Smoke Pit, all of us. Three dala. Uno, dos, tres. Okay, that's all you got. And like it, once again, get us for a month. Check out the content. If you don't like it, you ain't gotta, you ain't gotta subscribe, but support your boys. Patreon right here, DFP on Patreon. Also, check us out on the YouTube channel, youtube.com, DFPN. Check it out, okay? Um, what else is, oh, yeah, help control the pet population. Have your pets spayed or neutered, all right, right there. And also, long live the empire. Long live the empire. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, man, don't forget... Uh... Yeah, we got USDN coming up. Queens of Nerdum, November 18th. They're coming back with a new show. About damn time. Uh, yes. Miss you guys. But yeah, uh, USDN, are, they're dropping another show. Uh, they did a uh, Halloween special. Hollow's Eve Part 2 is going to be dropping shortly. Yeah, I heard uh, you were part of that. I was. Yeah. It was a fun show. It was a yeah. really fun show. I, I enjoy. I I love going on the the USCN show and taking over. Yeah, it was it was fun, man. I I actually I actually appreciated it because yeah. those guys do their research, bro. <laughs> like they, they really do. They do they their do. research. They do. So, so it was it was it was a fun conversation. Um, we have Loki the series recap. I'm gonna be doing that soon. Uh, the new episode comes out shortly, so we'll be uh, recapping the whole series of that. And uh, new smoke pit, new patio, new real food, and I think a new real uh, salute is coming too. So a lot of, lot of good stuff. All of our shows that were on the charts are still there. So the No Gimmicks is still there. Smoke Pit is still there. USDN is still there. Queens of Nerdum is still there. So thank you guys for uh tapping into the to the shows and giving us a ratings. 
If you like this show, give us a rating, give us a review, let us know what we did that you liked, even what we didn't uh, do that you didn't like. So uh, let us know. You make us better. But that's all I got, man. That's all it is. All right. So until next time, peace and enjoy whatever the fuck you want to enjoy. Audi. And I know it's off and it's off and it's off and it's we give them no gimmick. Yeah. And I know it's off and it's off and it's off and it's we give them no gimmick. Yeah. And I know it's off and it's off and it's off and it's we give them no gimmicks. Gimmicks. Gimmicks.